Welcome to American Education FM, everybody. I'm Dr. Sean Brooks. There are four stories here from over the weekend that I want to cover, and the first two sort of go along with a lot of the themes that we've been bringing up recently regarding, again, increased risks of student suicide, increased depression, increased anxiety, etc., etc. And the last two uh, stories, however, are successes, believe it or not. And one of them sort of reaches back to last year. And it may have even been the year before. It could have been 2019 when this first happened. But I, I'm certain that when I mention it, you'll you'll recall it. And then the last one is absolutely hilarious. The last story is just hilarious, and I had to mention this one too. So let me hit the first one here. And this first one comes from the Free Thought Project. And it has to do with children being fined by their local towns for missing online classes. Uh, this seems absolutely bizarre to say the least, but this comes from Manitowoc, Wisconsin, and it says, quote, Over the last decade, the Free Thought Project has been reporting on the encroachment of the police state into public education into the public education system. As we've previously reported, schools across the country are increasingly hiring police officers to do the job that teachers and guidance counselors once did. This is resulting in the criminalization of childhood, as well as the increased police violence against children. This tendency of the school systems to rely on the police state has increased in the last 12 months thanks to the COVID-19 pandemic and the following scenario in Wisconsin shows exactly how bad it's getting. It continues here, quote, Because multiple states ignored the science and continued to keep schools closed, millions of children have been and continue to be forced to go to school via online classes and Zoom meetings. Anyone who has children attending these online classes knows how difficult it can be to maintain schedules and communications, even when you have a computer and reliable internet. However, you've However, if you take away the reliable internet and nice computers, the struggle to maintain online school presence becomes all but impossible. Instead of trying to help children who struggle with online learning, a Wisconsin school district has taken to extorting them. A new report out from The Guardian exposes the insidious scheme by police and school officials to find students who miss too many online classes. Tracy Higgins was one of these parents who was shocked when police showed up at her home to issue her teenage son a $439 fine for missing Zoom meetings for class. Higgins told The Guardian that the reasons for the online absence were due to faulty school technology, including a Chromebook that wouldn't charge. But police in the school district reportedly did not care, so Higgins' son was extorted. Deborah Pratt, another mother in the same district, was also confronted by armed agents of the state who showed up at her home to extort her son for the same reason. Her son Jason racked up 29 unexcused absences online, including while he was battling the coronavirus. Quote, I think it's ridiculous, absolutely ridiculous, especially during a pandemic when there's just too many other factors that are playing into this, Pratt told The Guardian. Pratt told The Guardian her son struggled to learn remotely, which is a situation millions of children found themselves in during the pandemic, and sadly, many millions of children are still not in school, and these situations continue to play out. The idea of finding children for missing school is repulsive, especially during such an unprecedented time. Extorting struggling kids in an attempt to coerce them into online learning is futile, especially if they do not have the money to pay. Mark Holzman, 
The district superintendent explained that children who can't afford to pay must work off the fines at a rate of $10 per hour while performing community services. That is over 43 hours of labor for a child who is already struggling to attend online classes. Higgins was also given a letter stating that her license would be suspended if her son's fine was not paid. It seems the state's only solution to preventing truancy issues is to plunge already struggling families into debt and ensnare them in the system, thereby ensuring future failure. Quote, I cannot lead, to, I cannot lead him to water, but can't make him drink, the mother said. I was under the impression that I was going to get help from the school. But oversight by a judge in Children Protective Services hasn't led to any attendance improvements. The whole situation, she said, has her left feeling hopeless. Parenting is a full-time job, but this is a lot. It's taken its toll on me, unquote. Here's the thing. If they're online learning already, then why are they learning through their own district? If they're at home and they're not at school, then why are they worrying about trying to appease the local school district and the local city council or the local police department that's clearly abusing them when they could just be homeschooling online through an online homeschooling forum, which exists, they're all over the place, and then they wouldn't have to worry about these fines. Now, I'm not justifying the fines. I think it's absolutely awful. And to have police and, and child protective services knocking on your door because they're racking up absences in an online uh, local school district's instruction is beyond outrageous. But, I mean, you've got you've to you've cut yourself away from the abusive organizations and the abusive local government that's doing this in the first place. Of course it shouldn't happen, but you've got to take some control back and start to look up other, other means of educating your children instead of continuing to subject them to this kind of local abuse and local government abuse. These fines are beyond outrageous. That's absolutely nuts. And this is exactly what Thomas Jefferson said when he said, there should be no truancy laws whatsoever. You should never force a child to go to school because not every child is educatable. You can't educate them. You can't educate everybody. And if a person doesn't want to be educated, or they don't want to receive that particular kind of instruction, they shouldn't go to jail or be fined for not wanting to do so. Okay, this second story again comes from the Free Thought Project, and it's a it's really one hell of a website. I highly recommend checking it out, thefreethoughtproject.com. It's titled, Doctors Warn Child Suicide Becoming International Epidemic Thanks to Government Restrictions. Now here's the interesting part. It focuses on the restrictions of, of, again, the mask wearing, and you can only go here if you wear a mask, or you have to stay inside. And again, this is also within Europe, so it's not just within America, but it's more focused on Europe. And it actually doesn't have hardly anything to do with school in this particular case. Because again, you're going to be hard-pressed to find a student that says, well, you have to stay away from the school building, and that person's going to be upset. Most of them are going to say, great, I don't want to go to school anyway, and I certainly don't want to go into this building where I have to wear a mask and stand here and have a bubble around me and plexiglass and shower curtains and all that nonsense. The fact is, is that it's, the, it's even more harsh restrictions within one's own home and not being able to see one's own family members that are really having the, 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 the largest toll on people here. Um, so it, it starts off by saying this, quote, 
Billions of people across the globe continue to live under COVID-19 lockdowns or heavily restricted life. And for almost all of us, life amid the pandemic in 2020 was an isolating and difficult year, yet doctors are warning that children in particular are experiencing grave mental health consequences as a result of the lockdowns, leading to an international epidemic of child suicide. Uh, The Associated Press interviewed Dr. David Greenhorn on the subject, who works in the emergency department in England's Bradford Royal Infirmary. The number of mental health cases he has seen, such as suicide attempts, has gone from a couple per week per, per pandemic to now several per day. Quote, this is an international epidemic and we are not recognizing it, Greenhorn said. In an eight-year-old's life, a year is really, really, really long time. They are fed up. They can't see an end to it. Dr. Richard Delorme, if I'm saying that right, uh, heads the psychiatric department at one of the largest children's hospitals in France, and he offered a similar warning to the Associated Press. He pointed out that it's clearly COVID restrictions and lockdowns taking the toll on children that end up in the hospital. Quote, they tell you about a chaotic world of, yes, I'm not doing my activity activities anymore. I'm no longer doing my music. Going to school is hard in the mornings. I'm having difficulty waking up. I'm fed up with the mask. Well, no kidding. Again, no kidding. The anxiety attacks are probably setting in on Sunday nights. They're having a hard time sleeping. When they wake up, they dread getting out of bed. They don't want to take a shower. They don't want to get dressed. They don't want to go to school. And then the mask becomes, again, a slavery device for them. It's just wearing on children. It's destroying them. It's absolutely destroying them. It continues here, quote, We're very surprised by the intensity of the desire to die among children who may be 12 or 13 years old. He said, quote, we sometimes have children of nine who already want to die. And it's not simply a provocation or a blackmail via suicide. It is a genuine wish to end their lives. It continues, quote, every human action has both intended and unintended consequences. Economist Anthony Davies and political scientist James Herring, Harrigan uh, explained for FEE.org. Quote, human beings react to every rule, regulation, and order governments impose, and their reactions result in outcomes that can be quite different than the outcomes lawmakers intended. When it, be- when it comes to lockdowns, we've excessively documented the unintended consequences at FEE, including isolation, depression, suicidality, unemployment, drug abuse, domestic violence, and more. Such severe second-order effects offer a painful reminder of why policymakers should be humble in the scope of their actions. Sweeping lockdowns are anything but humble. They presume that bureaucracies in an office somewhere can save society with a top-down orders and nothing will go wrong. Governments the world over must consider more than mere COVID case counts when evaluating current and future lockdown policies. The damages we're inflicting on children is too devastating to be waved away in the name of public health. It's an emergency in its own right. Again, my most recent book lays this out clear as day. There is no way that these teachers can justify the abuse that they have been perpetuating on the very people that they're contractually obligated to keep safe. There's no no justifying it. 
They can't say, well, the health department said, or my boss said, or whatever. When you start delegating your own personal responsibilities as a human being to other human beings, or groups of human beings who are telling you what to do all of the time, then you cease being an individual. That stops immediately. If they say jump and you say how high, there's a problem there. If they say put a mask on a kid or suspend them and you say okay, without any thought as to whether or not you're shaping the mind of that child and potentially destroying it, um, there's a serious problem there. And, And you're completely forfeiting your own contractual obligations that you signed off on to protect those that you are teaching. Again, that's the number one responsibility of any educator or anybody who is in the presence of a minor is to protect them. It's not to harm them. But when the entire system is harming them and you're just going along, that's, um, that's a level of ignorance and cognitive dissonance that I can't even describe. All right, now this next story is hilarious. And you may remember that there was a New Jersey school student who had his Trump shirt or the Trump Make America Great Again logo on the front of his blue shirt deleted from the high school from his high school yearbook photo before they put his photo in the yearbook. Well, it turns out that the New Jersey teacher who was pressured to do this by the non-teaching secretary staff of that particular school, she has now been uh, awarded $325,000 settlement from the school district and the school district says that there's no admission of wrongdoing or liability on their part and that the payout will come via the district's insurance company. So, I mean, <laughs> this is just this is hilarious too and completely nuts. The fact that they were doing that on a regular basis apparently, that they were deleting students' t-shirts and taking logos off of their t-shirts that they disagreed with, but that they were being forced to do so or threatened with their job or threatened with other I don't know, uh, demotions or whatever it could have been. But this particular teacher fought back and said, look, I'm not going to be, uh, I'm not going to be scapegoated here. So it summarizes it very briefly here. And it says, quote, Parsons told New Jersey advanced media in 2019 that fallout from media coverage made her feel akin to some scourge and turned her into a nervous recluse too afraid to leave her home in the township. She was flooded with hate mail and voice messages, her lawsuit alleged. Quote, my life has not been the same, she said then, and I don't think it ever will. The settlement agreement punctuates a controversy that infuriated many parents in Wall Township, where Trump won nearly 63% of the vote in 2016 and 58.5% in 2020. Parsons will receive about $204,000, and a remainder of the settlement will cover attorney's fees according to the agreement. She previously received a $25,000 settlement from a lawsuit challenging a district media policy that she said forbid her from telling her side of the story without obtaining permission from the district. And there you go. They gag the truth tellers. She was being forced to do this by, again, non-teaching staff, and she was being threatened if uh, if she didn't do it. And so she did it, and then there you go. Came out against the school district, told the truth, and she ended up winning a little bit. But, wow. All because they just wanted to delete some logos on t-shirts. 
But the, at least the article does say this, which I think is kind of cool. It says, logos that weren't censored that year included Alice Cooper, Led Zeppelin, and Super Mario Brothers. So here's what I can say about that. I think the kids are going to be A-OK -okay if uh, they're still going to school with Alice Cooper, Led Zeppelin, and Super Mario Brothers t-shirts, and they're, they're wearing those t-shirts when it's picture day. I think, uh, I think the kids are going to be all right. Now here's the last one, and this one I almost just laughed at out loud because it's just too good. This comes from the College Fix, and it's titled, Assistant Principal Arrested for Padding Homecoming Queen Vote in Favor of Daughter. This is just glorious. I'm going to read this whole thing because it's just too good. More, more bread and circus nonsense. More of these stupid activities. I'm shocked. I'm, sh I'm shocked that prom is even a thing anymore. I'm just shocked. It says, quote, An assistant principal in Florida has been arrested for illegally using school district computer systems to add votes to her daughter's homecoming queen nomination. Laura Rose Carroll, an administrator at Bellevue Elementary, went into the Escambia County School District's computers last fall to pad the votes for her daughter, Emily Rose Grover, a student at Tate High School. According to Pensacola News Journal, it wasn't until yesterday that the Florida Department of Law Enforcement finalized its investigation and arrested both mother and daughter. They were arrested for this. This is great. <laughs> I think it's great. I just think it's great. They thought prom was so important and being the prom queen was so important that they busted into the actual system online, the focus system, and I've used that system. It's the system that they use for grades and attendance. They busted into that to manipulate votes, and we don't have voting fraud in this country. Please. If a mom can do it for her prom queen, wannabe prom queen daughter, uh, we have voting fraud. It says, quote, both Carol and Grover were charged with three third-degree felonies, including unlawful use of a two-way communications device and criminal use of personally identifiable information. From the story, quote, Escambia County School District Superintendent Tim Smith told the Journal News on Monday that Carol had been suspended from her job at Bellevue Elementary School. He declined to comment further on the matter. Grover has been expelled from Tate High School, according to FDLE. In October 2020, the school district flagged hundreds of votes for Tate's high school's homecoming court as fraudulent. FDLE was contacted, and special agents launched an investigation. Uh, homecoming, whatever. Prom homecoming. Two heads of the sna same snake. Who cares? Uh, let's see. FDLE special agents discovered that 117 of the fraudulent votes originated from the same IP address within a short period of time, and they tied the IP address to Carroll and Grover's computer usage. Agents discovered Carroll had district-level access to the school board's focus program, and districts to, uh, and districts, <laughs> it's just too good. This is too funny for me. I don't know. I just, I think this is great. All the effort that went into just this nonsense activity. Uh, let's see what it says. The district student information system is what focuses, according to the release. FDLE spokeswoman uh, Gretel Plessinger told the journal news, told the news journal, Agents learned that Carolyn Grover used Focus to cast fraudulent votes for her daughter to win Homecoming Queen at Tate High School. Now, here's the kicker. 
And this is the last sentence, and it's just amazing. Carol was released Monday on a $6,000 bond, while Grover, the student, was taken to a Scambia Regional Juvenile Detention Center. She was jailed. The student was jailed for wanting to be homecoming queen and engaging in this giant scheme with her mom. Too good. It's just too good. Well, at least this is uh, this time is bringing out the fraudsters. Because it's certainly doing that. There's no doubt about it. Thank you for listening to American Education FM. Make sure and check out AmericanEducationFM.com for more information. Take care and God bless. <laughs>